I'm I'm flustered. <laughs> He's flustered. It was great. It was like trying to watch someone catch smoke. Oh, God. Why Batman, you ask? Well, let's just jump straight into it, because I've been sat here for about 20 minutes waiting to record this podcast, and it's all been held up for one flying rat. Right then, friends, welcome back to the wrestling podcast. This wrestling spelled W-R-S-T-L-I-N-G. It's all of the grass, but without the E. But of course, me and G, we're not anti-E, we're simply pro-wrestling. My name is Liam. This rather flustered individual is Gareth. Hey. <laughs> and here we go, friends. We've got a really exciting episode for you. But before we get into it, you may be wondering why on earth I was waiting for 20 minutes to record this podcast. Well, Gareth, over to you. Well, I've just been chasing a bat around my flat. <laughs> now, can we confirm for the listeners that you do, in fact, live in a traditional flat, not some sort of cave where you're just using a shorthand? Yes, no, I live in a, a, an actual human flat. Why is there a bat in your flat? Um, so I encountered a, a little, tiny little guy, a little bat that had been sort of sat around out clinging to a wall just outside my flat for the last 24 hours. So following the Bat Conservation Trust's guidance, I... Um, put on some gloves and I scooped him up with a tea towel and put him in a little box with some water. And, uh, you know, I've been in touch with the Bat Conservation Trust and I was going to take him to a carer, bat carer, to, you know, look after it, make sure it's healthy because, you know, it's not natural for them just to be clinging to a wolf 24 hours in the daylight. And, I, you know, it's just been sat in my flat and I just got on to record with Liam here and it escaped. In the background, whilst I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> oh was my a, There was a tiny little hole in the box, and it got out. Oh man! Well, you were trying to do the right thing, which is admirable. And I, I actually love bats. There's yeah, bats a, great. If you've ever been to Longleat, but they've got a little bat cave there, and you can go and see them up close and personal. They're all loose and flying around, but you know, you get to see their cute little faces, and they're not actually that scary. But, folks. I tell you what, if you needed a laugh, I wish you were with me watching this fella try to catch a bat with a pair of gloves on. <laughs> well, that's the advice. They might have rabies. With, with, with a box and <laughs> a tea towel. And... Oh man, it was like watching somebody trying to harpoon smoke. Like, it was just great. Oh. I, I was like, oh no, because I, I knew whilst I was doing it, you were watching in the background, probably pissing yourself with laughter. Taking screenshots, sending them to everyone we know, and preparing one for you, good listeners. Uh, to go out shortly after this here podcast anyway we digress what a wonderful start <laughs> the batman cometh so if you hear any sort of rattling around in the background yeah that's just uh the bat i should know you're remarkably calm i would have expected some sort of concern but you seem very relaxed with this bat just flying around he's just a little guy like he's fine well what a fella yeah. all right Anyway, we got loads to get into this week. Um, most importantly, 
an interview with Russian Dynamite Masha Slamovich, which is just badass. She's a badass. So, of course, the interview would follow suit. Really good fun. Absolutely love talking to Masha. Got loads of cool stuff going on. If you're into your Joshi wrestling, this will be particularly interesting because she spent the first year of her career out in Japan, a lot of time with Marvelous as a promotion, which we haven't had an opportunity to cover yet. So this is kind of our introduction to Marvelous, if you like, and we'll be Cheers, looking Masha. to do... Cheers, Mash. And we'll be looking to do some stuff on that. And of course, she's got Borsche at the Beach uh, coming up this weekend, which is, I suppose, again, if you're a fan of Japanese wrestling, it's almost the American equivalent of a produce show. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's Masha Slamovich Presents. It's a really badass card, which we'll run through in a bit. Um, but should we just jump into the interview, G, and we'll catch up with these fine folk later? Yes. Here we go, then. It's Masha Slamovich, Russian Dynamite. And we're back, and we're now joined by Russian Dynamite, Masha Slamovich. Thank you very much for joining us, Masha. Thanks for having me on today, y'all. Gosh, we've got loads to get into today, because we talk a lot about uh, indie wrestling in the US on the podcast, and also about wrestling in Japan, which you, know, you fall into both categories, so plenty to cover here. Right in the middle of that Venn diagram. Indeed. So let's just start off with, um, just I wanted to go back to the start of your journey, if you don't mind, and I'm sure you probably t- told these stories quite a few times, but if you wouldn't mind, just how did you actually get involved with wrestling and what was your training like? So I was a fan of wrestling my whole life. And at 16 years old, I you know was being pressured to like choose a career and go to college. And I wanted no part of any of that. You know, and I thought, hey, well, everyone's like getting ready to do their careers and stuff. I might as well start a mine with wrestling. And I found Johnny Rods and his school, the world of unpredictable wrestling. And that's where I joined and I started wrestling and I would just train, you know, every single day for hours and hours on end um, for about a year and a half until I had my debut. How old were you when you first started? I was 16. Wow. Gosh early start hey i thought you know no better time than the present why would i why would i keep waiting if i just want to get to it absolutely 100 percent. and so how sort of soon after your debut did you make your way over to japan so i actually had my debut in japan um because oh, okay. johnny rods was working with the promotion uh reina pro wrestling over there and they sent me over to Reina to have my debut and have a month and a half long excursion where I wrestled for Reina, Pro Wrestling Wave, and Diana uh, Worldwide Women's Wrestling. Awesome. What a way to debut. Yeah, Indeed, yeah. it was quite an unusual debut. Yeah, like talk about being thrown in the deep end. Yeah, yeah. They pretty much just sent me over there and were like, all right, well, you know, you're basic, so have fun. <laughs> Did you just wrestle over there? Or were you training as well? Yeah, I, I was training at the Zero One Dojo. Oh, amazing. Okay. Is there much of a difference in the way that trainings are put together in the US compared to Japan? It's actually very different, um, even just between the styles of where I would later on train at Marvelous and the styles that I was taught at uh, Zero One were different in itself, not even to compare to the differences with um, training in the United States. It's all very, very much uh, different. Oh, okay. That is interesting. I mean, we'll get on to Marvelous in a bit, because I suppose in in many ways, that's the promotion you're arguably most synonymous with in Japan. But what's their, what would you say their house style is particularly? Uh, so what I find is that uh, the men and women have different styles in Japan. And, you know, from training with men at zero one and watching like an absolutely absurd amount of New Japan, All Japan and NOAA, 
Um, I'm quite well versed in the men's style and, you know, going back or forward uh, to the marvelous conversation, obviously training there helped me hone in on the women's style and studying all of that and training with all of the, uh, you know, legends of women's wrestling from over there. And it's just very different, but I was lucky enough to be able to grasp all of it. Uh, or, you know, as much as I could from both sides and incorporate that. Mm. Oh, that's very cool. Very cool indeed. Just to throw a slightly trite question out there. There's, I know that all of a sudden there seems to be quite a lot of wrestlers of Russian heritage kind of hitting the scene, which is very cool, particularly in the mainstream. You know, Layla Hirsch is a big name and, and Dragunov, of course, in, in WWE. What's your knowledge of the, the Russian scene itself? Is there, is there much of a wrestling scene in Russia? So... Sort of, I wouldn't call it big because, you know, the top two and probably like only legitimate promotions in Russia are IWF Russia um, in Moscow, where I actually wrestled in 2019 and uh, Mm. North Star Wrestling, which is in St. Petersburg, where I've yet to wrestle, but hopefully I will upon my return to Russia. Um, Yeah, so there's those two companies and there's also plenty of like backyard wrestling, deathmatch wrestling, all kinds of stuff like that. That's what we got. We've got just a bit of it sprinkled on, as far as my knowledge is, like the eastern side of Russia and the rest Mm. of it, we've got nothing. We just like maybe catch WWE. That's interesting because we're always trying to find new promotions and I hadn't heard of almost anything in in Russia. So it's really good to get that bit of insight, actually. Mm. We will look those two up indeed. Um, Add to our wrestling atlas. Yes. Now, Gareth, you mentioned before we, we came on, actually, at the, t- the time of recording, you are fresh off uh, debuting on AEW Dark. Now, we, we've got to talk about this because it's massive. Yeah. Um, what was that experience like for you? Big match with Penelope Ford, and you also had Thunder Rosa involved in that one as well. What was the experience like for you? Um, it was a really awesome experience. Um, you know, all of it from being there to wrestling, um, you know, wrestling Penelope Ford really great experience me and Penelope haven't wrestled in years now over half a decade Mm. and you know I frequently work for Thunder Rosa's promotion Mission Pro and Thunder know each Mm. other well we actually got to wrestle each other at Texas Wrestling League I want to say in May and to have her involved in my debut at AW Dark was really awesome because she's been somewhat of a mentor to me these last couple months those that's are lovely. Great. Mm, that's really cool. Yeah, glad it's been a been a success, and hopefully uh, many more appearances. Certainly to come. hope so as well. So you spent a good amount of time touring Japan last year. How did the hookup with uh, Marvelous come about? Um, it was like a total whisper. I had no idea that they were running a a tryout in the United States in August or September of 2019, and it was like I heard about it mm. through like a comment on Facebook or something. It's totally, totally by chance, mm. you know, and I thought, Hey, why not? You know, it's like on a Thursday night, I ain't got nothing to do. I'll go to this tryout. <laughs> and funnily enough, myself and Delmi Exo uh, wrestled each other for like the exhibition that we did for them or whatever. And we both got chosen mm-hmm. uh, to go over to Marvelous Pro Wrestling. So that the original awesome. duo that went over there in January of 2020. And is it right that you ended up out there maybe a little bit longer than you intended due to the pandemic and it was a mix of being due to the pandemic and also just chigusa nagayo asking me to stay because she said you know i believe you have potential and i want to help you and i'm like i would be 
insane to turn that down. So I was like, Ellie, I'll move here. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I just remember one day when I realized like the pandemic was getting becoming a pandemic. You know, I had said to Delmi, we were at the dinner table. I'm like, oh, I'll live in Japan if I have to wrestle. I'll stay here a whole year. And well, I spoke it into existence because that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I stayed there like a year and a week. Amazing. What a time, though, you know, live out in Japan for a whole year. Did you ever really associate with there were, you know, I know there's a few other gaijin wrestlers that have been out there throughout the pandemic. Did you spend time with many of them or did you kind of just keep with the sort of marvelous crew? So, Actually, as soon as the pandemic hit, all the gaijins fled uh, Japan. Either they were sent home because there was like no work at the very beginning, mm. um, or they were just like, yo, fuck this. There's a pandemic going on. I'm going to go see my family. Uh, me, on the <laughs> other hand, being like, uh, have a nice life. I'm going to stay here. And I think it boiled down to like me, Tekla from Ice Ribbon, and one of the yep. Noah people, one of the over there. We were mm-hmm. the last three. And he left, and then Tekla left, and I was the sole last <laughs> in Japan, which Amazing. is obviously why I took on uh, the nickname last year of the last Gaijin, because I was the last one who decided to live in Japan. And other people later on, like Via Priestley and Will Ospreay, were able to return. You know, they started trickling mm. back in, but there was a period of time where I was just hanging out with the Japanese because there was no uh, nobody else. And I had a really great time yeah. hanging out with everybody at Marvelous and other promotions. Awesome. It was it is a steep learning curve going out there as a as a gaijin wrestler. And you know, was there anybody particularly that took you under their wing, so to speak, and showed you the ropes? Um, thankfully to my training with Johnny Rods, because at the time that I was there, I was really lucky to be there at a time where all the veterans came back for their like one last run to help the young kids. We had people from Mexico, we had people from Japan coming and training us. So we had such a well-versed international style that I was pretty much prepared to go to Marvelous. And they were were surprised by um, my quick adaptation to their style and my ability. And people like Mio and Takumi would always go out of their way to show me how to like fix up and tune up. And, Mm. you know, we all would just help each other because everybody wouldn't be shy to comment on hey fix that hey do that a little bit better so we're always helping each other from the side that's awesome sounds like a really lovely collaborative process Mm. yeah it was really great um you know it's marvelous it's such like a family environment the training was always you know very serious and it was tough training but it was very good training also and we would all push each other to be our best it does sound like marvelous does live up to its name (laughs) it was quite quite marvelous (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you um did you catch takumi's comeback match man i didn't catch the show but i know that she came back and the same night kaoru broke her leg and she was supposed to have the mm. retirement match which obviously she kaoru is a such a tough cookie so she said i'm not retiring i'm coming back for a whole nother run so we're getting more of Kaoru and bless her. I hope she has an amazing comeback. And I hope I hope I get to wrestle her again because we definitely got to team and to wrestle. And she's one of the people who was always uh, taking me under her wing too. And that me over there. Very cool. Awesome. Is that sort of on your, uh, obviously travel restrictions are, are still a thing at the second, but is that on your radar of return Absolutely. to Japan? Well, the subject is on Japan. We've got I've got some kind of sillier questions about Japan for you. So... 
Are you are you keen? Are you one for karaoke? And if so, what's uh, what's your song? Oh, Lord Jesus! I'm like, <laughs> I love karaoke, but I refuse to do it while I'm sober. Um, luckily, every <laughs> okay. time we go out, our sponsors over in Japan make sure that I'm definitely not sober. Um, and it's it's so bad. My singing is just so freaking bad. The girls at Marvelous <laughs> would laugh me up for hours. They're like, "You're fucking tone deaf." Like, yeah. it's, it was the joke of the dojo of how terrible everything I think was. <laughs> and I was always singing some country songs. I was like singing Hank Williams or like. Incredible. Oh, amazing. I love it was great. I, I think I was like singing Janis Joplin songs. And um, after a point, like people would come to the dojo and they would just stand around me and clap and try to make me sing. And I'm like, <laughs> stop it. You know, I'm terrible. Stop this. <laughs> Strong zero is a hell of a drug. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very good. Okay, that's karaoke out of the way. So, favorite pizza topping? Let's go there. Plain, I guess. I'm boring. I just like plain pizza. That's it. You're in good company with Mizuki. She's exactly the same. So, there you go. And then the other one we like to ask when we speak to our Japanese friends is what are your go to snacks when you go to a 7 Eleven out there? Oh, man. Okay. First of all, I'm still furious about the fact that every American 7-Eleven doesn't just have boss black coffee standing around. I will never cease to not be mad about that. We need more of that just to Japanize every American 7-Eleven. My favorite <laughs> snacks would always be like, what was it? What's shit? What do you call it? Um, the melon pond. Melon pond, like the buns, ah. super good. Uh, they used to have like spicy chicken nuggets. Those are really good. Yeah, those uh, that would be like my go-to, and probably like there's like random peach drinks and stuff like peach water over there or orange Yum. water, really good. Peach is great, isn't it? You don't get enough peach flavored yeah. drinks. Yeah, peach drinks. Peach iced tea is one of my favorites. So mm. the thing with Japan is they always have a bunch of seasonal stuff, so you can't really like really get to liking something because it only comes around once a year. They have like banana season, peach season, mint season. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I like the snack, but I always like the seasonal shit too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool, though. I like, you know, you, yes, you can't count on finding the things you like, but you're more excited when you when you do see it, the limited yeah. edition. And then I was lucky enough that there were things I liked in the winter came back around the next winter. So I was able to get winter snacks. Perfect. So I actually had a go at making melon pan. I spoke to I'm, I really love baking. I, when we spoke to May Saruga, I asked her what her favorite baked goods was, and it was melon pan. So I learned I taught myself to make it and it is delicious. I wish you could get it here and I didn't have to bake it myself. Man, I'm like, I don't know where you are, but send me some. <laughs> <laughs> what well, you know, when you when you make it over to the UK, we'll we'll take care well, of it. Well, that might happen sooner than you think. So Ooh, ah, exciting. Okay. That is exciting. Oh, very good. Okay, so on the flip side from 7-Eleven, what's your favorite Bucky's treats when you're on the road? Bucky's is the freaking best. I'm like, let me pull out my Bucky's t-shirt. Right? It's like right <laughs> under me too. Um, <laughs> shit. I'm like, what do I like about? I like everything about Bucky's. First of all, no. There's the one thing I always get is that peach muffin. Here we go back to the peach thing. I have the peach muffin yeah. is my <laughs> absolute favorite. I get every time I go. Um, and then I always get like whatever food that they have because they make some pretty good like, oh, like the brisket sandwiches. Oh yeah, and... the brisket sandwiches and like the chicken strips. I have like oh crab something. It's soup. Everything's great. Bucky's is just uh gluttonous 
Yeah. <laughs> I ostensibly am a vegetarian, but when I'm in the South, I can't resist like barbecue. Yeah, man. I'm like, Texas is great. It's and then good. aside from Bucky's, I'm like, they got Whataburger. So I don't, I'm in Texas. Yeah. I'm like, fuck this diet shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you're always quite happy to get the call for like Mission Pro oh, yeah. and like with Taco Festival. And- there was a, I think in the month of June, I wrestled in Texas every single weekend. So oh. that was really great because I was in Houston dangerous. eating tacos. I was at Mission Pro eating Bucky's. I was in Dallas eating IHOP, <laughs> like or like whatever the fuck it was, Denny's. It was it was amazing, but probably the worst at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I feel you. So last kind of not silly question, but off off kind of topic is: Do you have any hobbies or interests outside of wrestling that people might not know about? Uh, I am learning to play the drums. And this goes back to me being fucking tone deaf. Um, I'm like, I'm struggling with my instruments. I was never good at making music. I was good at listening to it. But here we are. I started learning while I was in Marvelous. So I'm still trying to learn, uh, hopefully, and get better. And I'm also uh, really into weightlifting and jujitsu. So that's really all I do my spare time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Where do you train jujitsu? Gracie in Manhattan. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Um, how long have you been doing uh, I started right after Bloodsport. So end of April till now. Oh, wow. That's excellent. I, I, yeah, I, I train jujitsu as well over here. I absolutely love it. It's, uh, it's, it's a nice one because you kind of, well, I find you sort of switch off a little bit and just let That's your body That's what I'm saying. Work, it's like you know? people are always like, you should meditate. I'm like, I'm very much not the person who's just going to sit there and be like, yeah. But to mm, me, yeah, jujitsu, yeah. may you know, smoke a little bit before you go in. I just turn my brain off and I'm like choking people <laughs> out. I'm like, this is so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, i like to think that blood sport awoke something in you You're like hmm, i need to do this all the time uh, it, yeah it completely like rekindled my love for um like mma and stuff because i used to i was mm. like what was it like a blue belt or something in so like what was it fucking i forget what i did but either way i, I did a load <laughs> of martial arts and then i stopped doing martial arts and i was like why the fuck did i ever stop uh and Bloodsport sure. totally like put me back into that. And now I'm like, listen, I'm probably going to compete in Jiu-Jitsu at one point. So Alison Kay better watch her back next time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, right. So we, we, one of our favorite matches that we've talked about this year on the podcast couldn't be further away from Jiu-Jitsu, to be fair. But it's the match that you had with Edith Surreal at Frog Sport, the, the Soviet death match, which just was so much fun. What was that like from you? It seemed like it would be something that's quite creatively fulfilling, but talk us through it from your perspective. Um, well, like you said, it's very far from jujitsu and any sort of sensible wrestling whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I was wearing Tim's and I kicked her in the face. That was very nice. I jumped off of the fucking roof. Um, it was great. I mean, yeah, me and Edith completely beat the shit out of each other. And... I mean, then no match has ever like been done in the snow to my ex- knowledge before. Um, so it was really great that we put that out there for mm. it to like likely never be done again. I don't know. Unless somebody at GCW yeah, uh, decides to go jump around in some snow, whatever. That seems like them. It does. It does. Yeah. Is, um, is Edith someone you enjoy working with? I certainly do. Edith, um, since our first time wrestling at Fight Forever, was uh, very, very entertaining to wrestle. So... I'm not done with her. <laughs> we're, we're glad to hear. I, you know, we saw you uh, ended blank recently and 
Yeah, it's it's ongoing. It feels like you two create magic together. Hey, man, I don't know what we're going to create next, but we're sure going to create something. <laughs> but speaking of the word create, I suppose, you strike me as somebody that is quite creative, you know, with the, the, the cool video that you've got on your Twitter and all that sort of stuff and things like the matches with Edith. With a promotion like Camp Leapfrog, is that somewhere where you kind of get to flex that muscle more so than other places? Uh, I think I've been very lucky in the sense that a lot of promotions have given me the reign uh, to do whatever I want. Um, you know, notably a promotion, New Texas Pro, I'll just run up in there with some wild idea and they're like, all right, whatever, go for it. Um, so they oh, well. just let me run wild. And, you know, a lot of other places, they they just give you a direction, but they let you get there yourself. Um, hmm. Camp Lee Frog, certainly one of those places. And on the same subject, well, we've got to talk about Borscht at the Beach, which is just around the corner. I mean, talk about flexing your creativity. How did this come about? What's what's the level of your involvement? How are you calling every single shot? Or tell us all about so, it. So um, I believe I was doing like Q and A's on my Instagram, and the topic of like, or or is it like on Twitter? I don't know. But the topic of me eating soup at the beach came up, and people are like. <laughs> are you fucking mental like it's hot where are you eating hot soup and I'm like well no hear me out when I went to the beach as a kid we would always bring borscht and like like homemade Russian food so we just like unfold a full-on picnic and it's like soup hot food you got like you know the whole nine yards and I lived like I, I did it a month ago when I went to the beach I had borscht and I was drinking it eating it at the beach I'm like man why don't I run a show called borscht at the beach and I'm like this is great <laughs> I, I do this in real life. Why not get everyone in on it? And, you know, I, I came up to Drew and I gave him the idea. He's like, hell yeah, let's do it. And, you know, get WWR and beyond as a double header. Can't think of anything better. That rules. Are you going to bring enough borscht for everybody? I got to figure out how I'm going to make enough borscht for everybody. I'm like, I don't have a cauldron. So I'm going to need to get creative. So I've never, I've never tried borscht, but uh, I think post this like after speaking to me before making melon pan i'm gonna have to make myself borscht in honor of speaking let to me you. know how that goes tell twitter that borscht yeah, is awesome absolutely. we're gonna go have it at the beach <laughs> also what is your favorite beach mm, venice beach and hermosa beach because i was out in los angeles in june and july i believe um for pandemonium pro wrestling and i was lucky enough to have some time to go visit the beaches of california and i absolutely love them i've wanted to go my whole life finally got to do it this year love the shit out of it can't wait to go back awesome that is cool so for the show then so what can apart from a, a ton of borscht what can fans expect what matches are you most excited about uh what's the what's the hype man all of the matches are going to be really creative. Um, someone's getting sunburnt, so I hope y'all bring your sunscreen. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be a really all-around awesome card. If you think back to the Beyond Beach show that they ran last year in the pandemic, think about how great it was and think about how we're going to make it even greater this year. <laughs> perfect stuff all right folks we've taken up enough of your time Marsha. so thanks so much for joining us we really really appreciate it any plugs uh, hey y'all i have got a shit ton of new merch i have got new eight by tens i've got new cards we've got pins stickers wristbands we've got it all probably stuff i'm forgetting so uh you guys can dm me on 
Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages at Masha Slamovich. And you guys can find all of my t-shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com, Masha Slamovich. And for all exclusive content, photo shoots, and matches that were never before seen from Japan, follow me on Patreon or like subscribe actually to my Patreon, uh, Masha Slamovich. There you go. Get involved, people. All right, that is us. That's Borsha the Beach. It's live on IWTV on the 19th. So get involved with that one. We're going to be talking about it next week as well. Masha, thanks again for your time. We really Thank appreciate it. Thank you. And it. tune in uh, to Borsha at the Beach. So that was the wonderful Masha Slamovich. Thanks so much for joining us, Masha. That was a real great time having that chat. Yeah, and much like last week with Masakitamiya finally saying those golden words of Quattro Fromaggi for cheese for his pizza of choice, Masha also picking up on one of my fave flaves by going for peach-related drinks and food. Peach is so underrated, man. A good egg. Masha knew what was going down, so that was really good stuff. Um, all right, let's just um, jump around a little bit. So we managed to catch a bit of Chucky P goodness as well. Choco Pro 154. Just a quick rundown on this one. So we had three matches on the card. It was also, it was Masahiro Takanashi's 18th anniversary in the wrestling business. Big congratulations to him. So we had three matches. Uh, Masa was in the main event against Chon, who'd had a very difficult time earlier in the evening as a referee. <laughs> uh, we had yeah, a tag team match of uh, Tropical Amari against what are they called the warm caterpillars warm caterpillars the most chaotic team in all of pro wrestling they are chaotic chma my goodness and also um in the opener this was chaotic as well it was our pal balinaki against dj nira in yeah. what i believe is his first match in maybe two or three years he was a oh, wow. ddt regular and uh, let me just quickly check this on the old cage match we're doing the research live folks yeah, last match back in November 2019. So he's been on been on the outs for a little while, but a DDT regular prior to that also been in uh, Gata Move quite a fair bit as well. So interesting, quite enjoyed his debut, actually. He was a bit, bit on the crazy side. Yeah, yeah, it was a really interesting show. Just why so the Warm Caterpillars were chaotic. I mean, I think this show top to bottom was just pure chaos and I loved it for it. Is this the new Gato move or the new Chaka Pro rather that Aki was referring to? Yeah. You know, this is Massa's vision. DJ Nira coming in through the window and attacking poor old our mate Balian. Yeah, it was interesting to see. You actually got shown around the area a little bit as well because we went on the other side of the window for the first time as well. So that was quite cool. I do love whenever they go outside how everybody hushes. Yeah. You don't want to upset the neighbors or what have you i always think that's really sweet it's very sweet particularly when the action's still kind of going at full speed but just quiet (laughs) so yeah that was really fun that one ended in a no contest um but man chon was refereeing this one and boy oh boy he caught the brunt of it he did both guys both guys laid it in on chon aki accidentally (laughs) He was blinded in various cases, and then Nero was a nefarious individual indeed. <laughs> he certainly oh, was doing it on purpose. Yeah, so you know, I'd I'd like to see Nero back again. I thought he I thought he was really good fun, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we did see him again in the show, actually, but you know, we'll leave that till we get to that match. I think he would fit in aesthetically with Psycho and Chango. Yeah, absolutely. If they were like a trio. Mm. Um, one spot that I was a fan of, but 
was at one point Nira's hand got smashed into the uh, extractor fan. Ouch, that one looked like it hurt, but it was a very cool spot indeed. All right, let's bump up to the tag team match then. I really like both these teams, so this yeah, is good fun. They're two top draw teams. You know, they're some, I'd say they're four of the most talented people in Chocker Pro. Definitely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And then seeing two pretty established teams here fighting for supremacy, always enjoy the, the chaos that is Warm Caterpillars, Yuna and Chris as. Tropic Calamari are always great as well. I enjoyed Chris coming in with the uh, the makeup as well, and yeah, just I just enjoy their back and forth, Yuna and Chris. Yeah, they're a really fun team. They're actually one of my favorite Chris Brooks teams. I mm, think definitely really like Tropic Calamari. Waiting on the t-shirt. I enjoyed Che uh, threatening Brooks and Yuna with the the rapier for the you know the, for the. Hey, that's the first time I've seen her threaten someone with it. They need to. Get that away from her. That is somebody's eyeball waiting to happen because that much energy with that length of blade is a problem. Yeah. We need to we need to sort that out. Absolutely. Yeah, great match. Um, enjoyed the, you know, usual very high-paced uh, back and forth. You know, warm caterpillars really held their own, but eventually, you know, with the double pin, Chris and Yuna managed to pin uh, Che. Yeah, really cool pin as well. And also shout out to the leaping cutter that brooks did as well where he leapt over both wrestlers in order to hit that that was very cool indeed um okay main event time what did you make of this one oh it was just wild so it went literally everywhere i really enjoyed you know it spent quite a lot of time outside the sort of the mats you know outside the building and then when they showed you the building it's attached to in the letterbox and you know hands getting slammed in letterboxes and then when they came back in a bar had been set up on the mats and you know they were looking someone was looking after dj nero bringing him uh yeah it just was like a kind of action movie which was the <laughs> you know fight which was the intention that's so true it was a lot like an action movie actually that's a really great way of describing it um i'm loving massa now that he's back yeah he rules really cool really cool indeed and actually nice to see more chon as well yeah it this felt like you know, it did shun the world of good, you know, like yeah. it really made him seem like a, a big deal because I really enjoyed his team with Shuri. Uh, but this is like the first kind of, I'd say the first singles match of his that's really, for whatever reason, made me really sit up and take notice. And especially yeah. getting that win, I think makes the world a difference. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. And after having such a difficult time earlier in the night yes, as well. Yes, yes, yes. What a guy. So, you know, we're, we're just steamrolling through this really just, you know, as with the interview, we don't have like, Heaps of time, but yeah, this was uh, a, a really top draw Choco Pro for, for my money. Yeah, good stuff indeed. Go out your way to check this one. Yep, couldn't agree more. Okay, um, a couple of other things just to chat about then. Our pal Masakitamiya uh, got off to a difficult start in the yeah. N1, unfortunately, losing out to Fujita. I was slightly we surprised at it. that. Yeah. I was... I was definitely surprised as well. Yeah, absolutely. But we'll see. He'll come roaring back. I hope so. I, yeah, I was expecting you know him to be, yeah, just be a bit more protected as like one of their sort of younger upcoming guys. But yeah, a really fun match. Don't get me wrong. Really enjoyed this match. But I just warmed Tomasa so much in our interview with him that I just hate to see him lose. Yeah, um, couldn't agree more. So that match you can actually watch on uh, Noah's uh, official YouTube. Oh, free. there you go. So yep. uh, there's the opening, I think, six-man tag, and then that match, the Fujita Kitamiya match. If you want to go watch that one, I did try and watch the full show, but it's a part of um, a Bema Premium. 
So you kind of have to have an account to watch that. It's not like a lot of them where in the past I've watched on Abema where it's just completely free. So that's a little bit frustrating. But um, yeah, looking forward, I think the next two two shows of the M1 are on Wrestle Universe. Yeah, absolutely. So plenty to catch up with there. Other interesting results from those shows. So Kendo Kashin got a victory over Keno. Which I wasn't I was expecting surprised. that one. No, me neither. Very surprised. There was a title change on uh, night one as well. Uh, junior heavyweight tags were up for grabs. And uh, Tsushi Katoji and Ohara defeated the Stinger team of Yoshioka and Susumu. Uh, good stuff there. Went just over 15 minutes. Uh, again, another surprise in the end one. Masato Tanaka edged out Nakajima. Crikey. Mm-hmm. Difficult to call. And then uh, Keiji Muto and Takashi Segura went to a time limit draw. So that yeah. was night one. But yeah, M1's off to a good start, man. I've got a really good feeling about this. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing so far. So I think we're going to have a good time with that. Particular yeah, looking show. forward to the next the next shows. All right, let's um, just dip into a little bit of news as well, because this is pretty cool. So Major League Wrestling MLW is on its way back. It's got some interesting looking stuff, including Fightland, which is a big event, which is going to feature a huge clash between Jacob Fatu and Alex Hammerstone, title versus title of the world and the national, both on the line. So that's very cool indeed. And we've also got Holly Dead is going to be taking on Nicole Savoy in their sort of rebooted women's division. So that's pretty nice. And there's also going to be a four-way for the World Middleweight Championship, which is Myron Reed, Aramis, Ares, and Tajiri. Wow. Yeah. A lot of so, good talent. A lot of good talent. So I'm excited to see that. And then, of course, we've also got the Opera Cup en route as well. We know that Lee Moriarty is going to be involved, but we've also found out this week that Alex Shelley has joined MLW uh, and yeah. will be entering the Opera Cup. Yeah. So certainly a reason to tune in now. Alongside the man he lost his uh, BLP Midwest title to, Tom Lawler. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And I don't know if you saw as well that Bobby Fish is also mm-hmm. going over to MLW. So they're stacking up the roster yeah. once again. Look, man, I want them to do good stuff. Definitely. It's re-peaked my interest in MLW. I think, you know, I really hope they take advantage of this kind of renewed interest and in having a little little time away and kind of come back firing all cylinders, guns blazing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay, I think we should probably think about wrapping this up, but we'd be remiss if we didn't run down the card for Borsha the Beach because it is a very exciting card as well. Yeah, looking forward to covering that on our one-year anniversary as a show. Boom, one year, baby. How about that? Oh, folks, who's been here since day one? Shout out. Hands up. Shout out in the Twitter. We'll show you some love next week. That's so, so cool. One year anniversary. Okay, so a couple of big matches just to go through then. So in what one would assume is the main event, Masha is taking on Ali Catch, which I very much like the sound of indeed. Keeping it Russian, legit Layla Hirsch is on the card. She's going against Killer Kelly, which would be Ooh, good as that well. That should be great. Yeah, that is a monster match indeed. Elsewhere, you got some other really good names in the show. You got Chris Dickinson, Matt Mikowski's on the show, Rhett Titus from RH, Trisha Dora is going to be on the show, uh, Ashley Vox from Team C Stars. There's loads of folk on this one. So it's going to be well worth your time in watching. It's going to be going down on Sunday and it's on IWTV. So grab yourself a subscription just to watch this show. It's not 
particularly expensive for a month subscription, to be honest with you. So worth it. There's tons of good stuff on IWTV, but I'd certainly recommend getting involved with this because I think this is going to be a banger. Yeah, absolutely. Really looking forward to this and looking forward to talking about it next week. All right, folks, I think that pretty much wraps us up for this week. Next week, as Gareth said, we're going to be talking about Borscht. We're also probably going to be checking in with Seedling. We've got the Ryu Mizunami versus you title match, and we may, may have time for one other show, but we'll let you know on social media. If you want to follow us, check us out. We're on Twitter and Instagram. It's at WrestlingPod. That's Wrestling about the E. Send us an email if you feel like it. It's WrestlingPod at gmail.com. Again, Wrestling about the E. We absolutely love interacting with you guys. Really cool to see some new follows following our two Pro Wrestling Noah interviews. So thanks so much if you're new. We really appreciate it. If you've been here since day one, we really appreciate you guys too. It's just so wonderful to be building this community of people that absolutely love wrestling. So really appreciate you coming along for the ride. G, how's the bat doing? Good, as far as I can tell. As soon as we're done recording here, I'm going to take it to uh, its new home to meet its, well, not permanent home, but to meet a care, a bat carer that I've been put in touch with. Uh, so I think the podcast is probably going to be out late this evening. <laughs> well, now we know why. But in addition to keeping you updated on the status of the bat, we will also be releasing, <laughs> releasing the image you've all been waiting for, G-Money, the man himself in the pencil army uniform. <laughs> it's happened, folks. We've got proof, and it's going up on Twitter on That's Sunday good. evening BST, so make sure you join us for that. Come on, pencil army, pencil army. Anyway, that pretty much wraps us for this week. We'll see you next week for our one-year anniversary. In the meantime, folks, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the crowds.